What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, real quick before we get started, I want to remind you guys that we are doing a review contest. We're going to extend that contest for a couple more weeks. Um, the contest is we're going to pick five people who go on iTunes, leave a review uh, to do a live Skype with me for 20, 30 minutes where I can answer all your questions, get in, you know, help you with anything you need help with. Um, so, guys, if you find value in the podcast, if you want to do a live Skype, uh, please go on, leave a, uh, a review on iTunes, let us know what you think, um, and we'll pick five people who have left a review uh, about, the, about the show. Now, I said we're going to extend the contest. Originally, we were going to call the contest today. It's been going very well. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the contest on August 8th. So we're going to do it two more weeks. Um, so, guys... If you haven't left a review, please go leave a review uh, and subscribe to the podcast because that's how we get our podcast ranked. A lot of these guys go out and they interview all these other people um, and they, they, they leverage other people's followings to get the podcast following built and ranked and all that. Guys, we just do what we know how to do. We share the information we know how to share. Occasionally, we'll bring a guest on. But we're not constantly trying to throw these worthless guests that don't know shit and have, you know, X amount of followers on social but haven't really done anything your way, okay? When we have people on the show, they're people who have done things in real life, who have made real businesses, who have sold real fucking products and made real fucking money. And guys, that's what the show's about, okay? It's not about just being an entrepreneur, all right? Yes, it's an entrepreneurial podcast, but... The entrepreneurial mindset is what is important to take away because the entrepreneurial mindset is what is going to get you from where you are to where you want to be, no matter if you're the guy at the lowest level inside of a company or if you're the CEO. You know, not everybody's cut out to own their own business. It's a statistical fact that 7 to 8% of people in the general population are entrepreneurs. That means most of you aren't. But having the entrepreneurial mindset, okay, Living every day like an entrepreneur and treating yourself and becoming the CEO of yourself is what is going to get you to become successful. It's what's going to create value in yourself within an organization. Now, Vaughn, where can these people go to subscribe and also leave the review? Well, for clear instructions, they can go to the mfco.com forward slash review or the mfceo.com forward slash subscribe. But as far as um, you know, screenshotting their their reviews and emailing it, I assume we just send them to what? Uh, Vaughn at the mfceo.com yeah, or something fine. like that. Yeah, yeah, send them to me, guys. Vaughn at the mfceo.com, V-A-U-G-H-N. I think that's where most of them have been coming anyway. So, um, But yeah, if you need instructions, we give pretty clear instructions. So I think you can figure it out. Yeah. So, guys, if you're new to the show, that's the co-host, Vaughn the Impaler, the pastor of disaster. And then we've got the producer, uh, Tyler MC Salmon, but today he's wearing white, so we're calling him MC White, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. You're so, I'm such a racist. That's racist. MC, yeah. MC Cod? <laughs> yeah. MC, MC, uh, MC Powder Puff. <laughs> that's, that's more appropriate. All right, guys. So, Vaughn, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. What are we going to talk about today? Well, first, can I say I'm grateful that we're actually recording? It's been too long. It has. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, we get busy in the summer, man. 
Yeah, definitely. Right now is the time of year where we're trying to plan for next year in our company. Um, you know, we're getting everything done, so the schedule gets kind of screwed up. Right. So, And we've got other projects going on. Yeah, so. a lot of other projects. Yeah. So, man, we're talking about, obviously, most of the people that listen here on this podcast are either already engaged in somewhat of a wealthy lifestyle or it's it's a lifestyle that they're wanting to pursue. They're you know, they, to, they want right. money, right? Exactly. They want lots of it. Right. So I thought, you know, we were, we were talking Which, earlier. Which, by the way, is a great thing. Yeah. And anybody who tells you differently doesn't have any or hasn't ever been around any or has no fucking clue. You know, anybody who tells you, oh, money is such a bad thing and it ruins people and this and that. No, it doesn't. Money, I made a post yesterday on, uh, on Instagram with Matthew McConaughey's video. Uh, did you see that? It was awesome. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. And... The what frustrates me so much is you have these two groups of people, right? You have, and we're getting off track, but that's okay. You have this group of people who aspire to have money, and they like they think like you know having a fucking Lambo and a Rolls and a big house and a plane and all this shit is what life's about, all right. And then you have the people who say you don't fucking need money to be happy. You don't need money, blah, blah, blah. Money's money's evil and bad, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Both groups are fucking wrong. Like, both groups are wrong. Like, money's a great thing because it allows you to add to the experiences of life. It's not about owning a car, okay? And people are like, but Andy, you own fucking 16 cars. You know what? Yeah, and every single one of those cars, it's not about owning the car. It's that it adds to my life experience, and that's what people don't understand about money. It can accelerate and create awesome things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do that add to your life experience. It's not about the house. It's not about the car. It's about the experience. And if you can use money to create a better experience and make a better impact on the people around you, how can you say that's a bad thing? And it's just so ignorant that people fucking either A, only want the fucking shiny object or B think it's the worst thing in the world. And, and the funny thing is, is all the people with the money, the real money, they don't think either of those things. They're thinking the way I'm telling, telling you, you know, that we think it's not about the money per se. It's about adding to the life experience. And you guys have to understand that if you just chase the next shiny object and the next car and the next house and the next plane, you know what? You might make some money. You might be able to do that. But, dude, you'll always feel fucking empty inside. You'll always feel like there's something missing. You're always going to feel like you did something wrong. You're always going to regret, you know, the way you're living your life because, dude, there's never going to be enough. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. Ne- it's never going to be enough. And and I think it's important to recognize that, especially with young people, because I know when I was young, and, and, and don't get me wrong, dude, chasing the shiny object is really good motivation because when I was young, that was a big, huge motivation for me. But I'm just saying you know, recognize that that owning that thing is still just an experience. It's not actual ownership. Does it make right. sense? Right. I think if you replace the word money with the word resource, and you said to somebody, well, if you could have a bunch of resources to impact the world, would you want it? They say, yeah. Exactly. But then you say, well, that's what money is. Money is a resource to impact the world. You can impact it positively or you can impact it negatively, but it's it's a morally neutral thing that you either use for good or evil. I agree 100%. So, so we were talking, you know, earlier about obviously people wanting money and you have a good amount of money, probably not as much as you will eventually, but um I thought it would be really helpful to talk to people just about I mean, practical nuts and bolts on Personal how to, how to think yeah. about, 
your money, how to, right. how to think about it and how to, how to manage it in a way that you can get wealthy and stay wealthy. And the, uh, Andy, I think the first thing, uh, this is like common sense to anybody, so it's not going to surprise anybody, but everybody says, you know, the gurus say, you got to stay on a budget. Is that true when you make 40000 Is it as true when you make 400000 I, I think that, you know, people, most people don't even understand what the fuck that means. I think most people have a spending problem, and they also have an earning problem. They don't earn enough, and they spend too much. And I think that people, whenever they look at their spending habits, if you're one of these people who spends too much and doesn't earn enough, when you're earning... 40 grand and you're doing that, it's going to be the same when you're, when you're earning 400 grand or when you're earning 4 million. You're going to spend way more than you have and you're not going to fucking be earning enough. And that is a problem. You know, it's a problem no matter how much you earn. If you're spending more than you earn, and it sounds like common sense, but, but I guarantee you most of you are shaking your head. Yeah, that's me. On, if not on the outside, especially on the inside, you can't live beyond your means. You've got to live below your means. You know, and people will look at, they'll look at me and they'll say, oh, well, you look like you're living beyond... How the fuck do you know that? I spend less than 10% of the money I make. 10%. That means I'm saving 90 fucking percent of the money I make. Right. You know what I mean? So your thought is if you overspend when you're poor, you're going to overspend when you're rich. Always. Yeah. And, and it has to do with, you know, your habits. So this is a habit that you could correct now. You could correct now by, you know, laying it out on a spreadsheet. It's as simple as laying it out on an Excel spreadsheet. I earn this much. I spend this much. Okay, I'm earn, if I'm earning five grand a month and I'm spending six, how can I cut it out to where I'm spending three? You know what I mean? And you've got to make those cuts. That's the biggest reason most people get trapped in a regular job because they can't cut back their lifestyle because of you know ego or pride or whatever it is to actually become uh, cash flow positive in their life so that they can actually go out and take that money and spend it on starting some sort of business or whatever it is they truly want to do. You know what I mean? They get caught up into keeping up with the joint with the Joneses, and that's that's something that sticks with you. It doesn't matter how much money you make. Well, it reminds me of that podcast, the where you talk about are your goals really your goals? Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's easy to say, oh, my goals are to my goals are to become financially independent and save all this money and do all this. But dude, if you're not willing to make the cuts and live below your means, then that's not really what the fuck right. you want. Your weekends are telling you different. Exactly. The fucking car you're dude, driving. Look, is. man. When your actions are saying different than what your mouth says, what your mouth says is inaccurate. Right. And the biggest proof, I think, of what you're saying is is everybody knows it's it's become cliche of the of the guy who came from a, a you know low income background. He goes and signs, you know, millions of dollars to become a professional athlete. And 10 years later, he's broke. Well, right. But right. That, but but the reason that is, is because no one's ever sat him down and talked right. to him to a point where he's they, those that I could go on about that for hours right. because the major league sports uh, organizations do not do a good enough job to help these people understand personal finance. The reason those guys get paid the amount of money they get paid is they're getting paid a lifetime of salary within a num- within like six, seven years, right? That money's supposed to last for a lifetime. But they go out and they do exactly what I'm saying now. They not only do they spend their three, four million dollars a year, they leverage it on credit and try to live like they're making $10 million a year, and then they do that until all their money's gone, and then they're fucking $15 million in debt or twenty or $50 million in debt like Floyd Mayweather is. Right, you and they, they never learn to say no to their family either. Exactly. Right. I mean, there's all or to anybody. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, dude, I just got a call from a good friend who just recently started making really good money uh, about two weeks ago, and she was asking me about, 
you know, her friend who was asking her to borrow $5,000. And what should I do? I said, don't fucking give it to her. And she's like, well, she's going to be mad at me. I'm like, she'd be mad at you either way because you're either going to give it to her now and she's going to be happy. And then when you want it back, she'd be mad at you. And she's going to say, oh, you don't need it back. Why are you trying to hassle me back? Or she'd be mad at you now. And I would just make it a policy. Now you don't do that. I just mm-hmm. don't do it. And mm-hmm. I don't fucking do it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but the point is, is that, you know, you have to understand that the only way you're ever going to, you're ever going to be financially independent for your life is to, to spend far less than what the fuck you make. And most people just aren't willing to do that. You know, they see, they see their neighbor pull up in their driveway with their new fucking $75,000 Escalade or, uh, you know, GMC fucking Denali and they think they're a baller. So they go out and leverage all their money on that. And you know, for what? Well, for, you know what I mean? You go out and spend 20 grand on a fucking, 1971 K fucking 20 blazer, which looks 10 times cooler and gets 10 times as much attention and be fucking way better off financially. But they want to keep up with the fucking, I mean, dude, come on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know totally what you're saying. When my wife was in residency, she had seminars that actually told them most doctors live paycheck to paycheck. And they do. And it's crazy because they make good money, but they feel like they need to keep up with other people. I've said it. I don't know how many times in this podcast. They're, doctors are the worst fucking business people. The worst. <laughs> they are. They are the worst. And they act like they're the biggest fucking ballers too. You right. know, oh, I went to school for 12 years, so I know everything. They're so fucking arrogant. They don't know anything outside of their bubble, but they think they know everything. And they fucking are, all of them are basically broke. Right. That's why they work till they're 70 fucking years old. Right. Because they have to. And it's insane because, because there are people in Kasha's class that I'm sure are like, well, why do Vaughn and Kasha live in a middle-income house and, and drive used cars? Why? Because we're paying off all that debt and using our money wisely so that in the long term, we're going to have a lot more money than anybody else. But meanwhile, they haven't dented their debt that has a huge, no, huge they're too, uh, they're too, interest level. They're too fucking busy drinking right. their, fucking, uh, their fucking Sonoma fucking Valley Chardonnay or whatever the fuck people drink. Right. With their fucking pinkies up, acting <laughs> like they're better than everybody. Right. You know, exactly. Dude, you, so, if you're a doctor and you're listening, and this is you. You're a fucking idiot. So, uh, so live within your means, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Budget, regardless of what your income is. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of budgets, you know, I was I was researching this a little bit, and it seems like a lot of these um, different entrepreneurial sites they have things like what are the ten greatest habits of wealthy people, and uh, and one of them is you know one of them that I thought just really did not sound accurate is wealthy people don't make impulsive purchases come on everybody makes right. impulsive purchases i mean let's be real dude like their shit i mean have you ever gotten on fucking amazon and all yeah. this i mean dude, everybody does it like they're right. going to fucking target everybody's done this right. you go to target you're like oh i need this one thing right. you walk out with 300 400 worth of shit right everybody does that dude right. impulsive purchases are the fucking killer Right. It's just when you make a lot of money, they're a lot more expensive. Right. Like, dude, I've bought fucking cars on eBay that, impulsively. Like, hey, like when I've been drinking, <laughs> I've been laying on the fucking couch, and I'm like, hey, this fucking this truck looks awesome. <laughs> dude. You know what I did Saturday? And the motherfucker shows up like th- three days later. You know yeah. what? <laughs> well, we were we were yeah. Billy Cheese, and uh, Andy and I were drinking a little bit. Got back home, 
and uh, yeah, bought some bought some new Yeezys that night. Yeah, they're probably what eight hundred bucks. <laughs> I didn't even remember till the next day. How much were they? <laughs> no, they were three hundred. See, I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for the uh, what do they call those? The, I'm waiting for those drones, the Amazon to use Every, the drones, dude, so that the drones are just like constantly converging every, in your house. Everybody does the <laughs> impulsive purchases. So, so then, what's the answer? The answer is to fucking plan for the impulsive purchases. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Take a part of your budget and say, hey, I got you know. $500 this month, or maybe you don't have $500, maybe it's 200 or maybe it's fucking 5000 depending on how much you make. But say, hey, I'm budgeting X amount of dollars for impulsive, my impulsive purchase, purchase, and know that number in your head, and like, track it, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, like if it's 500 bucks and you spend uh, 170 bucks on a pair of Oakleys on Amazon, know that you've only got like 300 bucks left, right. you know what I'm saying? And for the rest of the month. You just you just got to plan it out and work it into your budget, and that's what people don't. People never plan for those impulsive purchases, which is which the impulsive purchases are what bury people whenever it comes right. to financial, you know, independence. It's kind of paradoxical because it's like planning spontaneity, but it makes it makes total sense. Yeah. If you do that, then you don't have to feel guilty about right. it, right? You know, dude, that's I think a, that's one of the most important things that people can do is just plan for the impulsiveness. You know, plan plan you're going to spend a night out with your fellas drinking and it's going to cost you 150 bucks or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like right. th- th- those things and, and stick to it. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're at, if you're at your $500 limit for the month and you're at uh you know, it's the 19th, go on a fucking diet and say, Hey, I'm not leaving the house for fucking the rest <laughs> yeah, of the month. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, dude, figure it out. But that's, that's how you do it, man. I mean, that's, it's just, You've got to plan for those things. So across the board, the chronic problem that I think most people have when they start acquiring wealth is that they basically say, okay, the rules are one way for me when I'm poor or middle income, but then the rules change when I'm when I'm really wealthy. Dude. What would be an example of something that where that because I, I know that like, I can dude, think I of a lot exactly of them, but talking, no. you know what? No, it's like and people fucking, especially when you start making money, people think that you that you change your standards, right? Like, like if I go out right now and like, dude, this is fucking pisses me off too every time. But like when I take uh, when I take people to dinner, all right, like I've got to take a lot of people to dinner a lot of, a lot of times, and you that's do. fine. It comes with the territory. I just I had to spend six thousand dollars on a fucking dinner two weeks ago. Okay. F- first of all, what you'll find is that people don't thank you. Because they expect it, they expect you to pay, which is really fucking irritating. Yeah. Okay. Because like six grand for fucking dinner is ridiculous. So at least say fucking thank you. Second of all, six grand is still fucking six grand. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like people people look at you and they say, oh well, that ain't nothing to you. It's not much of a sacrifice. Fuck, dude. Yeah. You know, I don't like spending that money. That is not fun for me. You know, do I mind if people are appreciative? No, I don't. But the point is, is that. I still think of that that much money as what I thought of it whenever I was, you know, not making any money. And like, dude, it's just like, you know, when people get pulled over for a fucking speeding ticket when they're making fucking 20 grand a year and it's $300, they freak the fuck out, right? Well, dude, I still freak the fuck out over that $300. You know, I'm not like, oh, fuck that. I don't care. I'm like, dude, that sucks. It pisses me off. And I think that's reflective of people's mentality, right? Like, People start making some money and they're like, oh, I don't fucking care. I don't care about the six grand because, you know, I got fucking X amount in my bank account. It doesn't fucking matter. Or or I don't care about that 300 bucks because I'm making I'm making four million dollars this year. Like they don't fucking get like that. You you can't think like that. It should 
you know, your habits and the thing, your standards that you have should stick with you with the amount of money that you make. But people don't do that. You know, like they, they just, they adjust their, their perception of what's expensive and what's not. And that ends up hurting them real bad. Cause like, dude, when money's coming in, most people assume that it's always going to be coming in like that. And it's not the case. You know, there's been times in business where we haven't made anything. There's been times in business where I've made obscene amounts of money. And then I've gone back to not making anything for fuck dude. Fucking two years ago, I went two years without getting a paycheck. You know what I mean? But the three years before that I was making obscene amount of money, but I had to take the money that I was making and put it in the business for it to grow. I had to hire a bunch of new people. I had to pay for a bunch of new marketing. I had to build a new building. I had to do all kinds of shit. And it took basically two years of my fucking paycheck away. So, like, dude, had I had those bad habits, you know, of spending all my money, I would have been in real deep shit because, A, I wouldn't have been able to live the lifestyle I was living, and, B, I wouldn't have been able to grow the company. So you have to think ahead of time, you know, which is another point we'll get to in a minute. That that makes total sense, and I think it is funny. I mean, people just think that if, if, if they have the money, then they can waste it. And I think I'm always – I've, I've said this before even on the podcast, but I'm always really, really impressed that – you know, here you got your wife. She's doing all these entrepreneurial things. She's got right. Fit Home and Health. She's got the the cookbook. She's killing it, right? She still goes to Aldi, and she goes to she's Aldi. She's fucking clips coupons, dude. And she goes to Aldi to get fruit that you could get. I'm not gonna say it, but there's another local store in town. It's a local family store. It is so freaking overpriced. Emily could pay it. Yeah, she could pay it. Right, but she doesn't. But dude, if you go in there, every motherfucker in there is is earning. 30 to 50 grand a year and they're fucking buying it. Right. Because it's convenient. Right. Because it's convenient. Right. But it's, it's, it is crazy. But I, it is a huge but principle. But that's the perception of people that are people who are earning an average income of people who are earning a high income. They think that the people who earn a high income don't care about that shit. Right. They, because they don't care about it now. So why would they care about it then? But the reason they're not earning a high income or have a bunch of money in the bank is because they don't care about it now. Right. That that's that's the fucking paradox. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they think, oh, dude, you spent, you know, like, dude, we had a couple parties like we had a first form party and we probably spent fucking, I don't know, 15 grand on the party because we had a bunch of shit like we had a uh, bartender and all kinds of stuff and it was done right. Right. But you know what? Like, dude, I that's that's a rare occasion for us. That's not something we do every fucking weekend or every, every we do that once a year. It's a big deal for the company. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, but it also has a business purpose, I know, right? But people, but people think, but people see that, and they think that's your lifestyle all the time, right? You know, or they like, for example, they see my cars and they're like, "Oh, well, you got all these cars, dude. I've accumulated those cars over a mount, um, you know, over time. I didn't right. go out and buy them at once, and the, most of my cars go up in value, not down. You know what I mean? Right. And, 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 and a really good point that you've made before is even even as much as those cars cost. They still represent a smaller portion of your overall income right. than somebody who goes and buys a brand a new Toyota Corolla right, exactly. or something, exactly. and they can't even afford that. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. Plus, he's not stupid about the cars that he buys. Like, you right. rarely lose money on a car. Right, exactly. But like, dude, people people assume when they see those cars that you're outspending your income because of how much those cars cost. What they don't realize is that we have six other companies that fucking are bringing in. We're going to talk about that too, but you know, that I've built over the course of almost 20 years now. And they don't understand that. They just, it's, it's like pure nonsense thinking. Like they're just not even comprehending what the fuck is going on. My plan in life has been going step by step by step by step by step over the course of the last 18 years. 
and the shit that we're talking about today is all shit that I've done over 18 years. Now, have I gotten myself in trouble? Yeah, but that's why I'm talking to you about this. Right. So, So you know, I like to put things in little pithy ways. So, uh, so the way I would just kind of summarize what you've said so far is don't adjust your tolerance level for wasting money. Right. Don't adjust your tolerance level for, for wasting money. More money does not mean that you can have more waste. So, um, okay. So I, you know, there's so many opinions about credit cards. Obviously, credit cards are abused. Right. That's what, well, that's what I was just talking about a minute ago when I said I've got myself in trouble. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, but at the end of the day, it paid off for me, you know, because I financed our whole business on credit cards. So when I, when, you know, three or four years into our company, dude, I owed almost six, around 60 grand worth of fucking credit card debt. But I, that was all shit that I had bought and used for inventory or the company or this and that. And luckily, I was in I, I was in a position to where I couldn't pay it off, but I could at least maintain the debt. And then over the course of the next three or four years, I was able to pay that debt off. But the point of it is, is that you know most people don't use credit cards that way. They use credit cards to go out and fucking buy Louis Vuitton red bottoms for their fucking Instagram account. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Or they go out and buy a fucking uh, you know a Rolex so they can pretend like they're fucking balling on the internet. And it's like, bro. You don't want to do that because you don't you don't know when or if that money is going to you're going to need that money. So a good way to have credit. I am a huge endorser of having credit. Huge. It's a super important and it's super important to carry a small balance. If you have a thousand dollar limit or a ten thousand dollar limit, carry a two hundred dollar balance and pay the minimum because that builds your credit. But don't fucking use credit cards to live your life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Don't go out and fucking finance. Uh, dude, I know a guy who bought a fucking car on a credit card. I know. You know what I'm saying? I know. I've known people who pay tuition with credit cards. Dude, card. that's what I'm saying. It's insane. Right. You're, yeah, no you're shit. Paying, you're paying the... Oh, yeah, don't even get me started. Dude, but I know. It is crazy. Right. So, so I, you know... Dude, I, I know people who fucking took out student loans, spent the student loans on fucking fun shit and life shit, then financed their tuition on credit cards. So, they're paying double interest, like... <laughs> And the motherfuckers were finance majors. There's not even a word for how stupid that is. Dude, but you know what? That You know what? Nobody in the world really teaches this. A, it's not a sexy subject because people have a hard time understanding it. it's not fun to talk about because it really usually involves you having to cut your lifestyle back. And B, the other thing is, is that the society wants you to do that. Society is designed for you to do that. School wants you to go out and spend as much student loan money as you can, and credit card companies want you to do the fucking same. And dude, and your your boss at work probably, and the people around you, they probably want you to do that too. Because you know what? When you're chained up to a fucking debt, guess what you have to do? You have to fucking work. And dude, it's it's the total opposite mentality of what it should be. What you should be is in an organization that wants you to be free and focused on the job at hand so that you can actually improve and create value. But the problem is, is that we get so wrapped up in credit debt, student loan debt, and all the shit that society has designed for us to get wrapped into, to to get chained to a job that we never are able to focus on improving ourselves, improving our ability to create value, and improving our personal situation out of our hearts instead of being forced to. And that's a big deal. That's why most people can never break the, the hamster wheel mentality. Right. You know that's what I'm saying? exactly the image that I was thinking, the hamster wheel. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. dude, you know, nobody teaches us this shit. 
Nobody right. teaches us how to how to fucking manage this shit because, dude, most of the people that would be the guys who were quote unquote teaching this, they don't want you to fucking be out of debt. Right. They need you to be in debt. They no. need you to be chained up. Absolutely. Right. And so, dude, what I'm talking about here, like, dude, how good of a job can you do if you go to work every day and you're constantly stressed out about your credit cards being overdue and you're not making enough money at work? Like, dude, the mentality of most corporations is fucking outdated. Like, dude, you want, if you're a CEO, you want your people to be financially healthy and you want them to be in a situation where they spend their money wisely because then they could come to work and with a free open mind to contribute. And that goes for their personal relationships, that goes for their kids, that goes for everything. And that's why as a CEO or a manager, your job shouldn't be just to manage their tasks at work. It should be to be a mentor to their lives. Help them solve these problems. They're having problems with their wife. They're having problems with their girlfriends. Be a person who can offer advice or listen to them or, you know, help them talk them through. It's really about being a good fucking friend. Right. You know what I mean? But you you can't have employees that are going through all these major life things and finance is the biggest one. It's the number one thing. And expect them to be these awesome, contributing, creative linchpins of your company. It's just not going to fucking happen. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. that's why, like, dude, if you're the CEO, if you're a manager, pulling your team aside and talking to them about finance, about how to manage their salary, how to budget, and all that shit is extremely important. This is kind of an application of another of another thing you've always talked about, which is the the whole concept of being the guy. So in the so in a sales context, you've talked about being a resource for people who you know your customers. And now here, I hear you saying, as a leader, as a CEO, you can't just manage your people when it comes to business. You have to be the guy in their life yeah. who can be a resource for a lot of different aspects right. of their life. And and also think about that think about think about if you took the opportunity to do that with people and spent your time doing that how healthy of a relationship you would have with your team think what it does for culture think about what it does for loyalty exactly that's amazing and like dude yeah. you know and it's the right thing to do yeah so much of what we talk about is just the right thing to do it's yeah fucking it's really not that hard you know what i'm saying yeah like so if, it's, if it feels right if it's the right thing morally right that's probably what you should do and it's usually going to be a thing that pays the most too in the long run yeah Absolutely. So, I mean, about a year or so ago, I had a great conversation with your business partner, Chris, and he was telling me just certain practical things about how to use credit cards that people don't, you know, always think about. But he said, these are things that it seems like wealthy people have figured out. One is just a little thing he said, and I'd be curious, but he said... Use a credit card over a debit card always because, well, for one reason, there's there's greater security, you know, in terms of fraud and that sort of thing. You agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then he also well, if you're it, it, we're talking about a business context, right? Well, we're talking both. OK, we're talking so both. in a business context, I yes. And I've talked about this before and I've got a lot of emails on this. We always use a credit card to purchase our inventory because we can earn literally uh, one and a half to two points back uh, percentage points back in cash which actually creates a situation where, A, like I said, we pay our whole creative team off of off of that money that we make off our inventory. Right. Okay, it's free money. But let's say you don't have a creative team, and let's say you just have you. All right, would you not like one, one to two extra margin points on your fucking product? I mean, dude, it's a huge deal. Over the course of a year, depending on the size of your company, I mean, it could be millions of dollars. It could be fucking $1,000. But, dude, what a small business, $1,000 is a huge fucking deal. You know, I've been Absolutely. that size business. I know what $1,000 can do when you don't have it, you know? And so you have to be strategic about how you utilize, you know, your your credit cards. And if you're a business owner, you know, 
You want to encourage people to fucking use their debit cards because there is no fucking fee for the, you have to pay the, the, the credit card company out of your merchant account, which takes away those one to two points. That's that's an interesting point you to see make what I'm up saying? from a business standpoint. Right. Yeah. So if you're yeah. if you're at the business and you're running the cash register, it's a good idea to encourage people to use a debit card. Yeah. You know? So yeah. uh well from a personal standpoint, what Chris was telling me, and it's it's worked great. And this obviously requires discipline, but what we do in our household is we literally put every household thing on our credit card and we pay it off because what it does is it earns points, it earns travel rewards, it earns cash back. He and, and so it works really well for us, but yeah. we pay it off. Dude, that's the discipline. Yeah. Right? Like you have to A, have the discipline to, to research for the credit cards, mm-hmm. what's going to be the most beneficial because there are credit cards out there that have really good benefits for your particular situation, right. whether you travel a lot, uh, you want cash back. I mean, dude, they're getting pretty, pretty good at creating an incentive to use their car. Um, which you know why they do that, right? They, they, they do that. want you to use it. <laughs> yeah. Because they get the fee that I just talked right. about. Right. At the, right. At the point of right. sale. So like the thing you have to understand is that, you know, you've got to be willing to do the research. You've got to be disciplined in paying it off. Right. And like I said, you always want to carry a small balance on your car. If you have a thousand dollar car, carry a hundred bucks on it. You know what I mean? Because, dude, that's going to build your credit. Um, I'm a big proponent of having multiple credit cards because the amount of credit that you're issued also affects your credit score in a positive way. Uh, so there's lots of things that can that can you can do or not do that can hurt or 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 help. We'd actually do a whole episode on credit, but I think that the the biggest thing is is to fucking A, be disciplined to pay it, and B, be disciplined how you use it, and C, be disciplined to use the right card that's going to affect your life the best way. Yeah, and I'm probably slow to the party, but just I'd like to share a, a, a mistake I made, which is I thought I was being really responsible by paying things every every month, but what, what my wife and I were doing wrong was we were, we were actually using too much of our credit limit within the credit card. In other words, utilization. Uh, yeah, Should utilization. So a lot of people don't realize that you could right. be very, very faithful to uh, to pay off your credit card every week, or excuse me, every month. But if you're using too much of the credit card, what you want to do is you want to you want to call them and you want to ask them to increase the limit, right? Um, because then then your credit score goes up, right? Or it, or it stabilizes, right. I should say. And we we had to learn that lesson. So. Yeah, that's the, that's that's not that hard of a lesson though, really. No, like, it isn't. But I a mean, a hard lesson is like getting a hundred grand in credit card debt and trying to figure out how the fuck you're paid off when you when you make forty. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But but you know, it's still. I mean, if you're a conscientious, when you get some email saying, you know, you here, here you're doing your best to pay off all your debts and do well, that, I think a big, and a you big get this email people, that says your credit score went down, you're like, no, what? a big mistake people make too, and it's worth it's worth uh, talking about real quick, is that they want to get out of debt so bad they pay their cards off and then they close their cards. Oh yeah, and that'll kill your fucking credit score. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so uh, I mean, just in general, uh, credit card. Dude, how, take, how a, you... take a fucking a weekend and study up on credit. Yeah, it'll my, help you. myfico.com. Is best, that the one you like? Best source yeah. ever. I okay. spent a year fucking learning about credit. Yeah. when I lived in Florida. Yeah, well, and Credit Karma does it. Credit. Yeah, but Karma. my FICO's got the message boards and there's moderate. tons of they free, do it all. It's all there's awesome. tons of free. Yeah, there's just do, there. do some research. But bottom line for me is that credit cards are like alcohol. I mean, most of the time you should be responsible. Every now and then you can have a little fun, but if you're irresponsible consistently, right, it's gonna you, fuck you up. Yes, yeah, and exactly. I actually have a way of blending those two: having fun and being responsible. I only take a vacation now when I can 
pay for it ninety percent with credit card rewards. That's what we do. So agreed. If you if you really want to be responsible, drink a whole lot and use all your credit cards. <laughs> Boom, because <laughs> those things happen to go together. Yeah, exactly. So we, I mean, I know you wanted to talk about credit. We uh, we've already done that in terms of, or were you? We specifically talked about credit cards, but I don't know if you wanted to talk about credit in general or leave that. No, so- I think we could do a whole podcast on that. Actually, I think that'd be. I've got a couple friends who actually do credit repair for a living. That'd be kind of a cool, yeah, cool. Uh, podcast to do, I think. Yeah, whatever you don't do, credit consolidation because those are you generally, generally scams, right? Because that just kills your credit or debt consolidation. Excuse me, debt consolidation. Doesn't that it, usually? It's just a, it's a hack. It's not yeah. a real solution. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So let me uh, let me re- I was jotting down uh, your points here. So number one, hold yourself to a buzz. Uh, excuse me. Number one, hold yourself to a budget even if you have millions. Number two, have a budget category for your impulsive purchases. Number three, don't adjust your tolerance level for wasting money. Number four, care about credit. Use credit cards strategically. Okay, what else? Um, I think, you know, you've got to know your financial priorities. Uh, You know, like we talked about a minute ago about impulsive spending, a lot of people don't understand that, like they don't even know when they're spending sh- aimless, stupid shit, right? They get paid, they get some money in their account, and they're like, oh, woo, I'm rich. And they go out and they spend a uh, hundred bucks on fucking fishing equipment because they decide they're going to get into fishing. But they're really not getting into fishing. They fucking saw a post on Instagram that was like, oh, yeah, fishing's <laughs> cool. And, right. and it's some pointless bullshit that you're never going to follow through on that you spend money on. And a lot of people do this. I fucking do this, but I also count it as my impulsive shit, right? Right. Like, uh, you know, we tell ourselves all kinds of things that we're going to do or that we're going to get into. This is especially true with hobbies. Uh, or, you know, a lot of people do this with supplements. They fucking, they go out and they buy three or $400 worth of supplements or vitamins or, and they're like, oh, I'm going to do it. And then they never do it. You know, and you have to catch yourself, um, you have to catch your, catch yourself when you're feeling that way. Like, dude, am I is this pointless or is this something I'm really going to do? And you have to be able to ask yourself at the, the point of sale when that happens. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. What about priorities? You were mentioning priorities in terms of financial priorities, what you wanted to do, you know, retirement, that sort of thing. What about priorities? I mean, obviously, wealthy people get hit up a lot for money, for charity. Right. What about how does, like, knowing your priorities help you deal with those conversations? Yeah, you know that's what I'm a saying? big deal, dude, because like, especially because I know we do have a lot of listeners that make a lot of money and you guys all will know exactly what I'm talking about here. But like, dude, when you start making money and people know you make money, you're going to get hit up by fucking everybody, you know, and their fucking brothers and sisters to donate to their GoFundMe, their charity, their this, their that. And they're going to use guilt to try to make you feel like you are obligated to give. OK, and, you know. Getting, getting your priorities, especially charitable priorities, uh, identified and known is important. Um, I used to be really scared to let people know like where I gave money to, but what I learned is that, you know, I, I, cause I thought people would be like, Oh, you're bragging about where, how you give money. Well, when you make a lot of fucking money and everybody knows it, you almost have to do that because if you don't do that, people assume that you fucking don't give any money to anybody and then they judge you for that. So it's better just to let people know, I found, where you donate to and make it known and let that be the way it is. So like, dude, you know, I give to my high school. Like I'm not, 
Chris and I both do. We are we were very fortunate to to be able to attend an amazing high school who was very very big part of where we are today. A lot of our friends we do business with or went to that school. Um, a lot of the teachers are still mentors to us and friends of ours now, and we feel like the, that we need to give back because it's our obligation to help those kids just like there was people because they're not publicly funded it's a private school right so there was men who gave to our school when we were there that allowed us to have those opportunities and we feel obligated to give those back and do we give a lot of money to them it's seven figures not fucking a little bit of money you know what i mean and uh so when people come up and they say hey you know you need to donate to this or that now if it's a special situation you know uh obviously there's always exceptions you know what i mean but generally i just say hey look man you know, we have our, our, our charity budget and it's all, you know, it's all allocated for this year. Uh, we give to this, this organization. This is where we always give, you know, um, it's, this is just, isn't for us. And you know what? People do get upset with you, but th- there's really nothing you can do to stop. Yeah. That. I mean, just because you have money does, it doesn't right. obligate you, you to give everybody yeah. like that's yeah. something that people don't understand is like, like, dude, I'll post pictures of like, cause like uh, you know, we're big into bulldogs. So I'll post pictures or share posts of bulldogs that need help. And they might need a thousand dollars or something, you know, cause they're rescue bulldogs. And I have people comment, why don't you just give them a thousand dollars? Well, dude, I can't give a thousand dollars to every fucking bulldog needs help. I mean, dude, this is like something we can all contribute to. And people just don't, they don't understand. And I don't really give a fuck they understand or not, but I'm just saying like, when you have a lot of money, be prepared for that. Like people just aren't going to fucking get it. And the first couple of times they say shit to you, you are going to feel guilty. You're going to feel bad. And and you feel guilty because you're a decent person. I mean, that's right. what I would tell people. And I always used to say when I was a pastor to people, I say, listen, every need you're presented is not a cause you have to commit to. Right. I mean, there's just a lot of need in the world. Right. And you just and have you know to what? decide what you care about. And there's nothing wrong with sharing those needs. Right. And not being the guy that fucking gives all the money to it. Yeah. You could still share it and make it known and be aware of it and not be the one who's writing the check. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's just... You have, but I mean, if you're the guy who never writes a check and you're making a lot of money, I don't know. I feel like you have an obligation to give back somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good That's thoughts. my personal opinion. Good thoughts. But, uh, and a lot of people don't, man, you know, there's a lot of wealthy people that don't. And I would say to you guys, if you're one of those people that says, oh, well, fuck, nobody fucking helped me when I'm coming up. No, there's a lot of motherfuckers that helped you. You're just not taking accurate fucking inventory of who they were. Mm-hmm. Nobody uh, got yeah, here. 100%. Nobody got here alone. There was right. a teacher, there was a mentor, there was somebody, there was somebody somewhere, somehow, that allowed you, and you may not have ever even met them, that allowed you the opportunity to succeed. That's the beautiful part of living in this country, is that there's a lot of selfless people that create opportunities that you'll never know who the fuck they were, and it creates an obligation for you to give back. And a lot of people ignore that obligation. They don't give back whenever they, you know, and I would say the majority of people who have a lot of money give a lot of money. But there is people that don't. And I would say to those people, dude, karma's a fucking bitch, man. And if you don't do some kind of good with what, with what you've been fortunate enough to have or blessed with or however you want to say it, don't be surprised if it goes away. Right. Well, you were earlier talking about the two extreme groups in, yeah. with regard to money. I feel like the two extreme groups are the people who think that rugged individualism, like American rugged individualism, means that n- you didn't get help for anything. You that's, literally that's, did everything by like, yourself. That's such a bullshit. It thing. is like the opposite extreme. Of course, is that is a equally you know, bullshit. Equally, yeah. Right. It's like what Obama said. To everybody, like you didn't build that, right, motherfucker? I built this, right. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? But. I'd be very ignorant to say that I built it alone. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so like you, 
you have to understand that anybody that's successful out there, the guy at the head of the table who's making all the money, he definitely didn't do that by himself. There's right. just no fucking way to do it. But at the same time, that's probably the guy that did all the shit when nobody was around, came up with the ideas, laid the framework, created the opportunity, and and became a good enough manager of people to create the situation that it was able to fucking accelerate greatly. But, you know, to sit there and say, oh, nobody fucking did anything for me. I did this all on my own. Dude, you're so full of shit, you don't even right. fucking recognize it. Right. Your ego right. needs to get checked. Of course, we're going to have asterisk holes who listen to early early episodes saying, hey, Andy, I thought you defended Obama when he said that. Well, I, I do kind of because... Obama, I think people took he it out of context. He said it really wrong. I think people took yeah. it out of context. Yeah. I think he's saying what I'm saying. He's yeah. saying like, hey, you didn't build that alone. That would have been a much better way to say right. it. Because that's accurate. Right. But saying you didn't fucking build that. Is absolutely wrong. Yeah. To somebody like me who's put tw- fucking 16 hours a day in for 20 fucking years is insulting. And anybody who's at the head of a fucking table who has built something like that is going to be upset about hearing that. They just Absolutely. Don't. You Absolutely. Know, you just could have said it better. I also think most of the people that would be upset with that, if you were to say, you didn't build that alone, you had amazing people that helped you along the way, you had these people create opportunities for you, they would agree with that too. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. But, but to, to say it like so polarizing, it's just fucking stupid. Absolutely. So we're obviously talking about priorities, financial priorities, which has to do with kind of long term. One of the things that I know you've talked about is the importance over time of cultivating multiple revenue streams. Right. Exactly. You know, um, I think, a, like I mentioned, people don't understand we have multiple companies, right? They think all they think is first form. That's all they see. Uh they don't understand that we've taken the cash that we've been able to accumulate and created multiple income streams across the board. And we're, we're continuing to create multiple ones. I mean, we have two or three companies in the works right now that haven't even been talked about ever before. Um, but the thing is, is that people get in a hurry to do that, right? They start making a little bit of money and then all of a sudden they're like, like, oh, I'm going to be a fucking real estate guru now, or I'm going to be, now I'm going to be this kind of guy now. Now I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And they get what I call the Midas touch uh, disease. They think that because they were able to do something a little bit in one area, that everything they touch is going to work equally as well. Instead of taking their time and saying, hey, this might be a good opportunity. Let me learn this from the beginning as a beginner because something that successful entrepreneurs generally have a hard time doing is remembering that they're only proven in one area, right? Like you're proven in this one area and very few entrepreneurs are able to take their skills from this one area and put it in this other area and make it work just as well. Those are true entrepreneurs. There's very few people that can do that. I can fucking do that, and I have done that. I've proven myself to do that. But very few people, I would say, are able to do that. Most people need to stick inside their realm, and they need to focus on that realm and accelerate on that realm as as far as they can fucking go. Now, let's say you do want to – let's say, okay, like I've got a couple guys here in the office that do real estate on the side. They buy homes, rehab homes. They buy multifamily units. They're taking the money they earn here and they're turning it into a fucking business, which will probably ultimately become their main business. All right. And they'll probably become multimillionaires from that business. 
But they're not going out and trying to fucking, you know, leverage every amount, ounce of credit they have to buy 10 houses. They're buying one fucking house. They're learning how to rehab that one house. They're buying one unit. They're learning how to manage that one unit. You know, they're taking their money. They're going to real estate seminars. They're, they're learning from people who have proven to do it. And you know what? That's how you do shit. You take your time. And so if you're a successful guy and you've got some money coming in, be humble enough to know that you're a beginner over here at whatever other business you're trying to start up and that you're going to have to go back to square one and learn from the beginning and take your time. Open one new fucking store or one new business, one new website, not 20, not 10, just because you had the money. Because that's how you're going to fucking get ruined. Dude, I've seen people who I know that made lots of money, dude. I saw somebody who made, um, who was making $100 million a year in their core business and go out and, and start a real estate company and buy up all this fucking real estate. The market crashed. They went fucking broke. They lost both businesses. Now they're broke. I now mean broke. Mm-hmm. Not, not kind of broke. I mean broke. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've seen that. And, yeah. uh, you know, so rushing into, um, you know, multiple streams of income just because you see a bunch of memes on in- the internet. The average millionaire has seven fucking streams of income. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So let me go out and create seven things today. Like, right. that's what people think, right? right? Like, right. no, dude. You're and talking- that's what they want them to think so right. that they buy their course. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, take your time, find the right projects, find the right investments, uh, educate yourself on those areas before you go jumping into them. And normally I say go all in, but this is a case where I say take your fucking time because you went all in on, on, on your area number one to get that point where it's cash flowing to the point where you're even looking at something else. You know what I mean? And dude, the, the, the thing is, is that people, people tend to jump from their one, their main gig, uh, too quickly, right? Like they, they, let's say they own a business and they're making 200 grand a year or 300 grand a year. And they're like, fuck, you know, I could take this and I could buy these multifamilies and do this, this, and this. But what they're, what they're neglecting to see is how far wide their current business that they're already clearly somewhat of an expert in could be. They could take that business in five or six, seven more years, and that two hundred thousand could be fucking fifteen million. But instead, they they take that two hundred grand and they go start doing these other things, and they lose focus on their main thing. And that, you know, if you talk about what that they they look at it like, oh, I'm making all this extra money over here. But no, really, you're fucking losing a lot of money right. because you don't even you're leaving so much on the table. You're diluting your effort, right? Yeah. And so that's something you need to be aware of. You know, I'm a big proponent of exhausting your current business to the point where you can't make any more money or it's a operating at an 80% uh, autonomy where you're, you're only running 10% or putting 10% of your time into it to where you go to something else, you know, and that's where people fuck up, man. They, it's the Midas touch thing. They yeah. think they can do everything and they want to do everything because they want to walk into a meeting and they want to say, Oh yeah, I'm the fucking CEO of, ABC heating and cooling, but yeah, I own uh, ABC asphalt and ABC fucking uh, holdings <laughs> and ABC this and you know and they want to talk about themselves. Yeah, it's an ego thing. It's not a money thing. Right. And like, dude, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the fucking money. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, so I want you to wrap up with your whatever final point that you're going to make in just a I, second. But I can I yeah. can I do two things yeah. real quick. Number one, guys. Uh, you know that in 160 episodes, we hardly ever push anything in terms of, of product. And I, you also know that the MFCO project is not just a podcast, it's a movement. One of the ways that you expand a movement and make it really powerful is you 
capture the hearts of the youth. And Andy has written a book, Otis and Charlie. Uh, it's, he's, he's actually creating a series of books for kids, Otis and Charlie's Hardworking Tales. The first book, uh, Charlie the Bulldog's Fantastic Fruit Stand, has been super popular. I just want to throw that out there, you guys. One way to really support the podcast is to buy the kid in your life, that book. And we've got the second book coming out real soon, which we're not going to tell you about, but the theme is awesome. So all you need to do is go to Amazon.com, Google Andy Frisella, You'll find uh, you'll find the book, but that that would be a great way for you to support the podcast. Secondly, on the subject of books, people are constantly asking you what your favorite books are. We do have a PDF you can download of Andy's favorite books. It's themfceo.com forward slash badass books. And uh, if you want to see a list of his of of his book uh, favorite books, you can get that. Well, while we're at it, before you go back, why don't you just throw out a couple books you've read lately, or one or ones that sort of classic for um, you that that the, you recommend? Because people are literally always asking you that. The, the book, the books. If you've been listening to the podcast, that I always go to for people who are not really into reading. Which, by the way, if you're not into reading, you're costing yourself tons of opportunity. But uh, the Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz is probably my all time favorite book. I think it's super important for anybody to read that's goal-oriented. Um, I like Relentless by Tim Grover. I think that's probably my top three favorites. Um, anything by Seth Godin is relevant. Uh, it really teaches you how to think differently. Um, I can't really name one book. The Purple Cow was the first book I read by him, and that's what got me hooked on all of his stuff. The guy's a fucking genius. Um, sometimes he can be hard to read because he, the guy's so smart. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's going to be smarter than you if you're listening to this and just is. Uh, um, Wooden on Leadership is an amazing book. Um, Lombardi Rules. Lombardi Rules. That's yep. a quick, easy read. Yeah. 10X. Yeah. 10X by Grant Cardone is a fucking amazing book. Um, you know, anything by Tony Robbins is a great read. Uh, again, he's he can be hard to read. He, sometimes he's easier to listen to. Um you know, I mean, oh, the third circle theory. Mm-hmm. PJ, uh, yeah, um, that's a great book. I mean, those are all those are all books that I would recommend to anybody to read. I mean, I could I have hundreds of books that I've read, but those books uh, stand above and uh, above everybody else's content. I think. Um, but back to the the summary of the podcast. I think really the problem here, guys, is is it's the same problem why people can't be successful is that it's instant gratification, right? And and instant gratification really fucks things up. It fucks up your relationships. It fucks up your business. It fucks up your finances and your ability to plan for the future. And I think the biggest thing that you need to take away from this podcast is this. You need to always be thinking long-term. And people, you know, they have this fucking stupid sayings like YOLO and this and that, like whenever they think about spending money and all this shit. But the problem is, is that you know, by, by letting the short-term things get in, the short-term purchases, the short-term impulsive buys, the short-term uh, lack of planning that you do when it comes to your finances, that means you're always going to be a slave to the system, okay? You're always going to be the guy who has to have this job that you fucking hate in order to survive. So you've got to, you know, when you're young and you're under 30 or even under 40, you know, it's a good idea to live below your means. It's a good idea to do your homework. It's a good idea to read up on investments and take the money you do have, the little money you've been able to save, and and pursue those investments on the side. It's a good idea to not try to become get rich quick overnight, okay? That shit doesn't exist. 
it's 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 it is the ultimate bait and hook of people who want to take your money out of your pocket and put it in their fucking pocket. Um, you know, you need to look like a big thing now is like day trading and fucking trading stocks and shit or, or uh, currencies and Bitcoin and this and that. And everybody wants they're hearing the glory stories. You know, I made fucking 70 grand in six months and this and that. Dude, you need to look for the businesses that are going to be here when you're fucking, you know, if you're 20, when you're 40, look at the companies that you think are going to be here and invest in those companies. You know what I mean? Warren Buffett doesn't go for get, get rich quick. He took his time. He did his homework. He understood that, you know, industries are going to change and the ones that are going to make you the money are the companies that are going to withstand that change. You know, um, don't be investing in the fucking sexy overnight fly-by-night businesses, you know, you need to think really hard about not just how you're making your money, which is normally what we focus on here, but how you're investing your money and how you're spending your money. A big part of becoming wealthy long-term is not what you bring in, it's how much you let go out. And a lot of people forget that, you know, they see all these people and dude, you know what, if you follow me, you you know, I'm probably guilty of it too. You see me posting my cars or you post when I fly in a jet, when you post this and that, you need to keep in mind that that's a very small percentage of my income and those things are planned for and budgeted for. It's not me doing this, you know, like these motherfuckers that post stacks of money on the internet <laughs> or like they throw fucking hundred, they're at the club and they throw a thousand dollars or $10,000 in the fucking air and let it go to, you know, like, dude, that's not real life. That's not how wealthy people operate. That's not what they do. They make smart decisions. They plan their decisions and they budget those decisions over the long haul. They don't just go fucking crazy. And dude, so many of you young guys are trying to live that baller lifestyle trying to fucking keep up with somebody who isn't going to fucking matter to you in five years or even a year. You know, you're watching these motherfuckers on the internet or these people on TV and you're making decisions about your future the next 10 years, who you're going to be 10 years from now or 15 years from now based on what some dumb fuck celebrity is doing or what car he's driving or what fucking, you know, this or that he's doing. And guys, you got to be smarter than that. Quit buying into the fucking bait. You know, and start thinking about what realistically it's going to take for you to get where you want to go. And I think, you know, so to sum it up, you know, quit thinking about today or tomorrow or next month and start thinking about where you're going to be in 10 fucking years. And usually we talk offense. Usually we talk make a lot of money. Usually we talk how much money you're going to make. In this case, let's talk about how much money you're going to fucking keep. Because that is what's going to ultimately determine your lifestyle for the rest of your life. Because once you get to a critical mass where you have a, a, a lot of assets and they're they're bringing you money and they're bringing you income, you're going to get to a situation where A, you're comfortable where you are, and B, you're making a lot more money than what's creating the comfort in your life. And dude, when you can get to that situation, that's a good situation to be in. So I would say, guys, you know, take your time, do your homework, think long term, don't buy into the fucking hype. All right, you got plenty of time. You can do a lot of good shit right now. Be fucking smart about it.